In the second and final hour of Rhythm Running River, we're going to hear the latest You Speaks Out. In the past year, this show has often featured recent graduates of Laytonville High School. Two of the hosts have been Eve and Natalia, who are currently attending college. Eve at Oregon State University in Corvallis, and Natalia is attending Occidental College online from her home near Laytonville. Both are remarkable, motivated young people rising up from our county. We recorded this new show this week, and we'll get an update on their experiences completing a term at school during a pandemic, how the COVID crisis is affecting them, and how they see the election results and attempted coup in Washington, D.C. I truly appreciate working with the youth of our community, and I'm honored to produce radio with these two. Here is Youth Speaks Out for January 2021. Welcome to You Speaks Out, a monthly radio show featuring the voices of young people in Mendocino County, California. I'm the producer of the show, Dan Roberts. This program is funded through Healthy Start Laytonville with Jama Shield Spence. Our website is youthspeaksout.net. The hosts today, Eve and Natalia, are recent graduates of Laytonville High School. They are both attending college now, with Eve living in Corvallis, Oregon, while attending Oregon State University, and Natalia living in the woods of Mendocino County, while attending Occidental College Online. In previous editions of You Speaks Out, I spoke with them about their current educational experiences. I wanted to check back since they had completed their first terms and also ask them about COVID and the attempted coup in Washington, D.C. This was recorded through the Internet, so the sound quality is not optimal, but I think that you will find that what they say is definitely worth listening to. We will begin with Eve. I'm speaking with Eve Kreiling a former Laytonville High School student who's been on You Speaks Out many times and is currently attending Oregon State University in Corvallis. The last time we spoke, you were just starting the uh, semester and you had realized that you'd moved up there and thinking that most of your classes were going to be in person, but in fact, what ended up happening is most of your classes were um, online, even though you're living up there. So why don't you start there and tell us about your college experience? My college experience is going okay. It is not the, the typical one I was like expecting or hoping for, you know in my school career, but it's going okay. I, I've adjusted more to the online classes. I Last term was pretty rough for me. I, I did not go outside often, and that did not help um, my mental health at all. It was, yeah, really depressing because I had to stay inside on the computer all day, and even after I was done with my classes, I had all the homework to do on the computer, you know, same thing, just watching videos, answering questions, you know, so it kind of felt pointless at the end to keep going to 
the Zoom classes because I honestly wasn't getting anything out of them because they're not formatted like classes. And so that's been really hard because my school's been not very consistent with the way their Zoom classes are run. And it's kind of upsetting to me because I really don't feel like I'm like I'm paying all this tuition, but I really don't feel like I'm paying for anything. You know, I really don't. I really doesn't feel like I'm getting anything out of it because I have to I had to pay for all the books, which is basically our whole curriculum. Like they're all online. So all of our homework is included in the book I had to buy. Our teacher decided that a Zoom lecture wasn't worth it and she didn't want to do a Zoom lecture. So we started doing this reverse format, which we learn everything we need to learn independently. And so by the end of it, I was, especially for my chemistry class, by the end of it, I was like, what am I really paying Oregon State for? I don't get to use any of the services. The teachers barely, like, speak to me, especially in chemistry. Biology, my biology class wasn't as bad last term. But this term, they've adapted more of an independent, like, learning format, you know, where I have to literally study the book and all of these, like, video questions that I'm I'm paying for. They're not teaching me. It's not made by Oregon State. A lot of the videos I'm watching are straight from YouTube. So they're not really producing any of these videos. So what really am I paying tuition for? Feels like a waste of my money I set aside for college. Has, has the new semester already started? Yeah, I started the new term on the 4th. So it's I just finished my first week. I finished... Like, I'm going into my second week of school. It's a lot better than last term. A lot of my classes on last last term were online. And I was just, it was just really sad. But this term, I kind of scheduled my classes better with a lot of help from my advisor. I'm really thankful for my advisor. She's been really helpful to me. And, like, understanding, like, why why I'm in school. Like, why I'm here doing this. And kind of that the online school is not what I came here to do. You know, so this this term I'm taking um, this class called Soil 299, which is um, an intro to organic farming and agriculture. And I, I really like it so far. I had my first class on Sunday. I go twice a week for three hours and basically we work on the um, the student farm. I on Sunday, I got I learned how to prune grapevines and how to maintain them. And we kind of tied them back up and got ready for the spring where they're going to start growing and producing fruit again. So um, that was really cool. I'm re- it's like in a small group outside. I'm going to be spending a lot, of, a lot of my school time out there because I'm taking two credits of it. So I'm, I'm really happy about that class because like it really gives me an opportunity to engage with other people and actually like talk to people about stuff I'm interested, in, which is like, learning how to grow plants and botany and in, ge- in botany in general and actually get to discuss things with people in person while experiencing what we're doing, you know? So I'm super excited. Next Sunday, I'm actually going to go out to a winery to go to a whole grape pruning preparation workshop with the lady that was um, in our class the pre- this previous Sunday. So I'm really excited for that. I decided I'm, I won't be taking chemistry this term since it was just the whole concept of chemistry is just too hard to grasp on for me on my own. You know, I really, I had a hard time because I really couldn't talk to anyone about the things I was having issues with without arranging a whole separate zoom meeting that I really didn't have time for or wanted to do because I was already inside on the computer all the time. So it was just really hard for me to 
get help and learn how to do this stuff because our classes weren't even classes. They weren't even lectures. Like she wasn't even discussing the material. It was really just like, Oh, did you do the homework? Check that you're here for credit. Okay. Go into your breakout rooms and do these practice problems. And of course, no, no other students really knew what they were doing either. So we never really got anything done. Did the university ask for feedback on how your educational experience was on online? Yeah, they had a, a school-wide, like, a survey, and I, yeah, I told them that it was not good. We even got to, we got to rate our class, um, and I, I completely, I was like, this is a terrible class. I did not learn anything. Okay, so besides soils, what, what's, what are the classes you taking this semester? I'm taking biology 222. It's all right. I don't really like the online format because it's, again, I'm not really, like, it's a very short lecture and a lot of working with other people over the internet, which is very difficult, especially when you're trying to communicate about new topics that none of us really know that much about. And, um, but it's all right. I'm, I'm getting through the work. I'm not really struggling with it too much since I, I, I can grasp biology better than I can do something like chemistry. You know, it's easier for me to learn independently. So I'm not I'm not too stressed about it. And then I'm taking writing 121, which actually is not too bad online. Um, it's mostly just like kind of talking about rhetoric and how you can influence people through writing. So basically, what we've been focusing on is how marketing influences us through the the way they like market their products. Like the first class, we looked at a shampoo bottle and how that shampoo bottle markets itself to be better than other shampoo and gets a consumer to buy it just because it tingles your scalp with tea tree oil or whatever. So I like that class. And then I'm taking hiking local trails, which I'm super excited about. It was super fun. We walked along the river. So I'm hoping to learn more about the area that I'm in through that class. And I'm really excited that it's happening since they, my school's really been on the fence on whether or not they're going to allow physical ed classes to happen in person, even though like they're really the few classes that need to happen in person. How did your rock climbing class go? It went really well. I really liked it. Sadly, it got two classes got canceled at the end because Oregon went into lockdown and they required all gyms to shut down. So I did sadly miss out on two classes, but I had a really great time. Um, it was just, it was just super fun to learn how to do something like like that with my body and be able to, you know, work up the strength and have a goal and like work with the same people about, you know, just getting stronger and being able to climb higher. And it was really fun. And I got to go outside and actually climb on real rocks. And uh -huh. that was an amazing experience. <laughs> yeah. Good practice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been, it's been going all right. Now that I've figured out like how to make the online classes work for me a little better. I now know like what I really don't want to do. And I'm, I'm just kind of worried, like hopefully this online school doesn't go on for much longer. Cause I don't, I don't, I really don't want to continue with it. Like I want to move on with actual school. So hopefully I'll be able to do that. Are there any speculation that school will open up in person for the rest of this semester? Or is it all going to be the way it's set up now? This term is definitely going to be online. I'm really hoping they somehow bring in-person labs back in spring term because I think 
if they're going to bring any classes back in person, it needs to be lab classes because the way they are doing the science labs are so unproductive. Like it's literally just like clicking on a computer program to like pour a animated beaker into another one. You said that it changed when Oregon went into lockdown. Is that, is it not in lockdown now? It's weird. I honestly don't know what's going on. I think it's still, I remember the governor put a, an extended lockdown until early March on the entire state of Oregon, but there's many exceptions. It's not like the lockdown that immediately went in, in place in mid-November. There's more exceptions to it. So like there's more exceptions for gyms. I think there's more exceptions for restaurants. I think bars still have to be closed. Like, all that stuff, but I think they're making more exceptions since the lockdown is so long. Like, how do they expect, you know, my school to run if they really put a full lockdown in? Like, they would have to kick everyone out of the dorms and, like, stop serving people in the dining halls and, like, st- like close down the gym and, like, not have, have people not take any, like, PE classes this term. Like, school wouldn't be able to run if it really followed all the strict rules of the lockdown like in November like I went remember when it put into place and both of my in-person classes immediately got canceled um all of the school buildings shut down the gym shut down I don't eat at the dining hall but all my friends ate at the dining hall saying they were having to wait outside and like huge lines to just get food or they would have to order it through the robot system like we have like little food delivery robots all over campus and they take forever apparently (laughs) but it's just to minimize is what? it really robots? Yeah, they're these cute little white <laughs> roly robots. They're so wild. Yeah, I don't. They're in. A, they're in a couple different universities around the country. I don't know really who developed them, but they're these little white Wally looking robots, and they have a compartment in the back where you put food, and they literally just drive around campus. They like they like wait at traffic lights, and they like drive on the sidewalk, and Whoa. people put stickers on them. How, how tall are they? They're about, I say they're about like a foot and a half tall. Okay. They're pretty short. Yeah, they have like a little, they have like a pole attached to them with like a light so people don't hit them with the car, with their uh, car. Whoa. Okay. Well, yeah. Brave it's new pretty world. wild. Yeah. But they take it, apparently they take forever since they wait for like every traffic. Like they wait for people, they wait for cars. And so like, Getting uh, some food delivered to your from the dining hall from to the dorm takes like an hour and a half apparently. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and it's kind of cold, so it's like it's odd. It's an odd little system, but it's they're trying to reduce because they can't feed everyone when people want to eat because of capacity. So. But you're you're off campus in a in an I'm off campus. Right? Yeah, yeah I, I make my own food, kind of for that reason. I didn't want to spend three thousand dollars like a term to be like yeah it's like something crazy it's like three thousand (laughs) dollars yeah to be fed by robots to have cold food (laughs) fed by robots like is coronavirus affecting much of the student body or staff is there much talk about that are people actually getting ill up there is there a lot of cases um... There's a lot of testing where I'm at. My actual friend group kind of had like a little coronavirus scare because one person that we hang out with was exposed to this other person at work that tested positive and all this. So we all had to get tested and isolate. But we all came back negative and they, they really test us like 
everyone who signed up for like the Trace Corona or Trace COVID-19 program at OSU gets like monthly testing. And are you part of that? Yes, I've already been tested this month. I'm probably going to go back when they invite me. I know people are getting vaccines in this town. Like I have someone who works closely with the um, old person home that I know. And they said they've already kind of like started rolling out the vaccine. So I, I, I have hope for it at least reopening next fall because of like, hopefully we make progress on the vaccine. But it's weird. They closed down the Baskin Robbins to make it into like a Corona center. I'm not sure exactly what they do, but the Baskin Robbins has like people in hazmat suits. Whoa. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Robots and Baskin Robbins in hazmat suits. It's a, yeah, like it's a play. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Are in Oregon? Are people wearing masks? Yeah, a lot of people do wear their mask. I, I, I'm not really come across like many people, like refusing to wear a mask. Um, I have to say, like, I feel like college students are being very socially conscious and like actually putting in the work to make themselves safe and make the community safe. Like even in my apartment, like we all wear masks in the hallways and like we have all these rules. But what I kind of get frustrated with personally, what I've observed is that all the people that are like out and about doing things are people who are, would be considered in the high risk group. Like all of us college students, like we literally don't do anything. We're not allowed to social gather we're really, we really don't go out to any restaurants, but whenever I go to a restaurant or I walk down the street past like all like the bars that are open during the day, they're all filled with 60 year olds, like older people who are considered in the risk group and they're not wearing masks. They're just big chilling. Like, and so that kind of gets me a little frustrated because like all of us, we're really trying to do our part to like not have this town be a whole Corona center. You know, like we're all staying, sticking to our groups, you know, we're just doing our thing, doing school. But it's all of the older people who are, have nothing to do that are out interacting with each other, like at parks, at like I live across the street from a church. They still have like church session in person. So I find that a little frustrating. So since we've talked, there's been an election. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was finally decided upon, I guess. And, um, it was, yeah, Biden won, no doubt about it. You and I agree with that. I'm just, you know, no doubt about it. Okay. Okay. Everyone should agree with it. That's the point. I agree. I agree That's with you. That's the point. That's think, the issue I, we're having. Why? Well, I, I guess I was going to ask you, does it seem like everyone where in the town you live in agrees with it? That Biden uh, yeah. won? Again, I real I haven't really I don't really oh, interact much because I'm yeah. trying to do my part, staying home and all that. Right, right. But um, yeah, so I haven't really seen any pro-Trump, you know, getting upset about what happened at the Capitol. Like we've definitely had like discussions in our class about it. Like when it happened, like oh, like the teachers were like, "If you are upset about what happened, like what's happening to our." democracy was happening to our country today like they even gave us a day off of like to like you don't have to come to this lecture you can like watch it later everything like that like they get kind of gave us permission to chill out and like not and like de-stress ourselves from what happened because like it was crazy but no i haven't really seen any 
other people being very upset. There's still people with their Trump signs in their lawn, but not any like outward displays of upsetness about what happened. So how do you feel about what happened? What at Capitol I honestly Hill? think it's disgusting. I, I I don't know if that's exactly the right word for it, but I think it's I think it's wrong. I think what happened it has been brewing for a while and that in his in the Trump supporter computer supporter community and it was not kind of taken seriously, like how they've been acting and how they are just like defying like the democracy of our country. Like they're just I don't I don't even know. I don't even know what they think was gonna happen. You know, it just makes me really upset that that could happen. You know, like we have we talked all summer about how police are here to protect us and they're here to like stop like these bad things from happening when all the BLM protests were happening they were you know being like this is what we need to do to protect the people to protect our town you know we need to fight back on these rioters but then actual an actual riot happened at our nation's capital and not much was done yeah they did defend it but not with the anger and the in the force they did all summer in Portland you know yeah totally it's just showing how like how prevalent white supremacy is in this country like that was shocking that was what was shocking from the election that's what is what shocking from the raid on the capitol is how prevalent racism and white supremacy is still in our country like i saw something today that it was like oh yeah 52 percent of americans agree that we should impeach trump and that he's done something wrong but only 52 percent like it's a lot but still there's 48 percent of people that support him you know with all the wrong things that he's done in his presidential run you know obviously the police has the firepower and obviously they have all of the resources they need to defend the capital but they didn't because they were a whole bunch of white people claiming to support the president you know they literally like wrecked the capital the heart of america like and nothing was really was happened to them like there should have been literally like mass arrest in the mob as soon as the mob came there should have been like mass arrest there should have been tear gas there should have been police shields there should have been like it was a historical moment and i'm hoping i'm hoping many things that caused the government to realize that many things are wrong in America with, you know, the freedom we have to raid the Capitol, I guess. Anybody else, it would have been, like, immediate. It would have been, like, oh, a whole bunch of rioters tried to storm the Capitol. They were defused by police within 10 minutes. That would have been the story, but no. And the worst part about it is they're, cl- and they're claiming to be patriotic is the worst t- part about it. Like, they're literally doing the thing that is the exact opposite of patriotism and they're like it's for patriotism it's for because i'm an american like it's literally you're literally insulting everything america stands for by doing this and claiming you're doing it for america like that's what's wrong like bringing the confederate flag into the capitol building is wrong (laughs) no doubt about that one okay but here's the thing you know we're raised and study the revolution and, you know, we make heroes out of people that do revolutionary things. And from what I could tell from the videos I've seen of the people that broke in, they honestly thought, and they still probably think, 
that this is the beginning of a real revolution where the country's going to be taken over and the government's going to be broken down into a different form. Do you think that in 1776 or name a revolution, mm -hmm. that people were thinking in the same way that the people that broke into the Capitol were thinking? I think the people at the Capitol were trying to portray their thoughts into a similar way of people who have revolutionized in the past, you know, because like the revolutions of the past came from injustice, mostly all the famous ones, you know, the French one, the American Revolution, like came from injustice. All those people that stormed the Capitol, they were not, they don't have any form of discrimination, any form of injustice faced against them. The people we praise today as heroes, at least like as I praise, is the people who led the civil rights movements and they didn't, they had something to fight for. They had an injustice against them that they believed was not right. The people that stormed the Capitol did not. They are just blindly following a cult leader who has tried to do nothing but backtrack this country. He's done nothing but try to make this country less tolerant, less free, less accepting to all people. He's done nothing but that. He's been nothing but try to create injustice, not, you know, free free people from injustice. And that's what a lot of revolutionary heroes in my mind were, that was the point of what they were trying to do, you know, was make a better life for people. These white supremacists who stormed the Capitol were not trying to do that. They are literally... They have nothing to fight for except their own wrong opinions and their cult leader of a president. Okay, I totally agree with you. But yeah. I think that those people really believe that the election was stolen. They they think that because that's what they've been told by the people that, that by the man that got that lost you know like obviously we know that trump is a liar and he's just trying to control his followers to get his agenda going you know that's why he's banned from twitter because he can't be trusted with his following you know because he has such control and such influence on so many people that people can storm the capital in support of him like that's why he should be banned from twitter that's why this is not a revolution. Like they are delusional that they are thinking they are doing something revolutionary when really they're only fighting for one guy that has done many terrible things. I think that there's a need for a revolution in this country, not that revolution, but yeah. I see that there's a need in my opinion that the environment, you know, it's like everybody's pretending yeah. like, the environment is not that big of a situation that, that we don't really, we have all these other things. We have to worry about coronavirus. We have to worry about the economy. We have to worry about, you know, all these other things. But like the environment is, you know, the ultimate, the ultimate thing. And, and yeah. I, th I think we need a revolution in action and thinking about Definitely. the environment. Definitely. And I don't see that. Joe Biden and uh, becoming president is going to change the situation we're in. You know, they won't. And honestly, I think a, I don't think a, rev like at this point, politics is so wrapped up in our, our industry that the things that are hurting the environment, they can't, like they're just so wrapped up in the oil industry and the coal industry and the plastics industry, you know, like they, they won't do anything about it. 
And like, I was actually thinking about this, like, um, we do need to have an environmental revolution. Like we need to stop people from, you know, using all this one use plastic. We need to stop like producing all of this, but really it's the only way that could be done is either if governments start cracking down on companies or people start boycotting companies and trying to like live more environmentally friendly. Like that's, like, I'm not saying, like, that's what's going to solve all of our issues if everyone just stops using plastic straws and everything. Because, of course, that doesn't work. But we need to stop buying stuff from Amazon. We need to stop, you know, buying plastic items. We need to, like, start living more environmentally conscious. Like, not living like Americans. Like, I hate to say that, but a lot of people have gotten so used to living in American consumerism that they don't know how, how else to live. And so... A lot of people are stuck so it's kind of like it's we can't really change the environment without changing the way everyone lives you know we're, there's no way to help that without immediately changing how everyone lives and so that's really the issue with having an environmental revolution because a lot of people in america don't want to give up their comforts and their easy access to things to help the environment well i think that part of the problem is that our culture places so much value on consumerism i mean it's, mm-hmm. it's you are what you possess or you know yeah. what you're in debt for possessing and that we focus so much on you know that one of the things that re- trump supporters really liked and even the people that the republicans that really don't like trump but they like the fact that the economy in some levels is doing yeah. better the stock market's up it all this kind of stuff so so exactly consumerism is the thing that's destroying the environment and yeah and what we need to do is get away from this whole let's consume as much as we can let's not think twice about driving here or, or you know all the other things that we do yeah. or flying or whatever buying plastic toys for your children like buying tupperware buying a freaking some like deli meat that's wrapped in plastic you know like like i feel bad i catch myself thinking about buying that stuff every day buying plastic kitchen gadgets from amazon you know like people just really need to stop living like and that's what people don't want to do they want to stop they don't want to stop living with all of their luxuries that they can have because they live in america and they make so much money you know there's so many better ways we can be doing things but nobody will implement them because we're all so wrapped up in keeping the economy stable it's just like people are scared to live below their means and so they won't we need to wrap it up pretty quick here so is there anything hopeful that you can say about the way the world is going? Oh, I don't know. I really hope (laughs) my generation wakes up and I really hope we start boycotting corporations because that's that's really my only hope is like is in my generation and like those my age because like we all have similar opinions. Like that's why I'm kind of warming up to the internet over quarantine is because yeah, people are actually trying to talk about the things that are wrong and hopefully we'll be able to, I don't know, mobilize or like actually make a difference in the future once, but we're also stuck in Corona land right now that it's hard to do that. But I hope my hopes for the future is the vaccine. They give the vaccine to all the professors at my school and we'll be able to do in-person classes next fall and 
not have to use single-use plastics in the dining hall. I don't know. It's really, it's a sad, it's it's not a very bright future, at least at the moment. So it's kind of hard to look forward, you know, because, like, there's, there's, or, there's present obstacles to future ideas. And so it's just really hard to kind of think forward right now. Well, it's really going to come down to the people. And, and in yeah. the five years that I've known you, I know that you're a remarkable being and that you and, you know, many people in your generation are going to turn your thoughts into actions as time goes on. I mean, you're doing it by going and studying, you know, environmentalism, ecology, the earth, and and then find practical ways to apply it. But I mean, yeah. the, that's the thing that, that, that makes me hopeful. I expect to see you on the front lines of whatever happens in the future. Yeah. So, uh, I hope so. Thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with your community in Mendocino <laughs> County. So, Love y'all. That was Eve speaking from Corvallis, Oregon, where she is attending Oregon State University. You are listening to Youth Speaks Out, a monthly radio show in Mendocino County. I am the producer of the show, Dan Roberts. This program is funded through Healthy Start Laytonville with Jameis Shield Spence. Our website is youthspeaksout.net. Next, we will speak with Natalia, who continues to live in the mountains near Laytonville, California, while attending Occidental College online. Both of these young women graduated last year from Laytonville High School. Here's my conversation with Natalia. I'm speaking with Natalia Teneo, who graduated from Laytonville High School last year and has been attending college online. Uh, Natalia, now you've completed one semester of remote college. What has your experience yes. been? Um, I'm currently attending Dental College in um, LA. It's been a pretty mellow experience. Like, not much has gone down. I can't really lie. It's been like four classes a semester, it, and then it's done. I've had a really hard time doing anything extracurricular in my school, like finding anyone to join a club that's going to be distanced or do things like that. And so I've been spending a lot of my time just waiting it out and hoping that like COVID will end and then I'll be able to start doing extra things. But I'm kind of starting to get worried that like I'm going to be a little bit behind everything if I keep just doing classes and not do anything else that, that other freshmen and sophomores do on campus that makes them also exceed, succeed. What classes were you taking this last semester? You know, did any of them work really well versus some that didn't work so well? Um, yeah, I took um, I took a sociology course, which went, I mean, that course went relatively well, but just because we were going over some pretty basic stuff. Like it was a, like an, it was an entry class. So it was mostly like freshmen and we were just doing a lot of slides and stuff. And it was still interesting. We had a lot of conversations. So that one was pretty easy. And then we had um, a conflicts, I took a conflicts in education course, which was 
in person it would be like more like a mock trial situation a lot of like the like the exams and things that we do like it would be like we're like faking a supreme court situation but we had to do that all through zoom which like we did it and it didn't like completely fail but it was definitely difficult way more hard than in my mind public speaking is like normally like i have a way harder time talking on zoom than i do in front of real people and i don't really understand why yet but um, but it was still a cool class. Like we talked about some cool stuff. And then I took, um, I took a course on African American literature and musicality, and it was called Joyful Noise. Um, that course was it was pretty sick. I mean, it was on a lot of music I was already really interested in, so that was really cool. And then it it really expanded a lot of the way that I listen to music and just like explored the stuff that I listened to. And there was a lot of great literature also that we read that had a lot of still had a lot to do with modern music. And my professor was just really excited about all the stuff we talked about and so the class was still cool I mean I think I still had a hard time with all my assignments just because I didn't have that like energy like being able to talk to my classmates about stuff and getting help from like upper class and like it was basically me just guessing on like what was expected other than like what was written you know like there was no other vibe to hold on to I guess and then I did a CSP course which is basically a course that all the freshmen have to take um they have to take two semesters of a, and they get to choose like what it's on basically. And I chose mine. It was on, um, it's called emerging from chaos. And it was just talking about like emerging from chaotic times and like COVID just felt like a good time to like, I don't know, take the class and like see what it's about. But honestly, that ended up being one of my least favorite. And I don't know, it just wasn't that exhilarating. And the freshmen were also very sad, just like I was because school kind of sucked. So there just wasn't much energy to go off of, I guess. In the end, I don't think it was extremely difficult in itself to overcome, like, coursework. The African-American musicality class sounded real. I remember very well, you know, you talking about it before. Can you tell me a couple of musicians, singers, writers that you got really turned on to from that class? I think there were a lot that I already knew about that I just got to know more about, like like Nina Simone. Like I didn't know much about her, like as a person, generally, like at all. Like and then, like I actually like. That's who I was going to ask you <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, like I like I definitely knew, I definitely knew who Nina Simone was. Like I'm not that uncultured, but like I think I just learned a lot, a lot deeper about like a lot of people, like Lauren Hill, like just newer, newer, like ugh, I'm having a hard time, like remembering specific names but there's just a lot of people i don't know if it's really names that would like come up to you in like like popular math like rap music now but it was just like showing a lot of like like the like the origins of what a lot of rappers use and it was really interesting seeing how they all from a lot of the same stuff and um a lot of the same like books and texts and things like that and even like i didn't understand like a lot of female like r&b artists and stuff from like the 80s and 90s are really like really well read on a lot of stuff that like we were reading and stuff but i didn't i didn't understand how it came through in their music and i think i just had a way better understanding of like actually listening to music made by people of color and understanding like the fact that it's it's usually a lot deeper than like what it is and it's always being used and reused and like concept of originality was also brought up a lot and just like how african-american people or people of color in particular like add on or morph things that they've already done before and just make it new and something that i guess it just 
like remixing and remaking things like in rap music and like taking in like like parts of different songs and older songs i got to really understand how everything's really connected and it was really cool you mentioned that it's hard to get into a class when you don't have your classmates to discuss it with you know to to kind of build up uh some your points of interest and also yeah you know fill in you know somebody else in the class hears this other part more intensely than you and you hear this other you know what i'm saying uh so is mm -hmm. is there any attempt to overcome that through the school i mean of course there is but it's just really difficult when communicating with people takes you out of your own life now like communicating with my college classmates is now pulling away from like my actual real life time with like my family and my friends here and like whatever I'm doing or up to or working on in like real life. So it's not like in college anymore where you like where that is your life. Like it takes extra time and you're taking extra time on the computer and it's still difficult to like work together because you're not face to face. Like it's emailing and sending and it just takes so much more energy. So most people just ought not to do it, which is like really fair, which is also myself. And, like, we do some group projects, but those are also, like, a lot more difficult than um, individual projects tend to be. But I've done a couple of those, and they all worked out fine. But at the same time, like, after the group project was done, like, we don't, <laughs> we never talked to each other again. Like, it wasn't, like, in a normal experience, like, in a classroom where you would, like, remain friends or whatever happens afterwards. Like, just, like, the contact's gone because it's way more difficult to stay in contact now. Even though, like, that's kind of, like what the internet's supposed to do i guess but it's just a lot it takes a lot of energy because you're also on the computer all of the day in the first place right and the computer in and of itself it's kind of a hypnotic media medium media you know that that it kind of puts you in a in a headspace that's really different from a classroom now in a classroom mm -hmm. you have to overcome like uh, let's go back to Laytonville high school you have to overcome people doing distracting things in the room, but, and maybe the teacher's mm -hmm. boring or, you know, has lost you somewhere along the way. But I find that when I'm on digital devices, I'm a little bit hypnotized by the whole thing. And I can't, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I think yeah. it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a limitation on, on how much you can, interact or I don't know what do you think about that I I definitely think that it it messes with you and your just your body generally because you're just staring super close to a screen like all day for super long periods of time like I haven't personally had a super hard time with like my eyes or anything but I've had other pe people like in the school like talk about like how their eyes have been like super painful, like in check-ins and stuff in class and stuff, or like how like their neck has been like super rough. Like I think that most of us are just sitting in the same position, doing the same thing all day. And that's actually like really not good for young adults <laughs> and teenagers to really, any child to have to really do. But that's what like most of us are ending up having to do. And so most of us are just creaky and like rough and it's just a response to what it is. And also because the internet was something that we all really enjoyed. I feel like most of us enjoy 
using that as a tool, but because it's not something that we're kind of forced to do, it's really weird kind of having to deal with the fact that like, you're not, <laughs> you're not that into it anymore and you want to spend time to do other stuff. Cause it's not really something that's enjoyable or fun. It's like a job again. Yes. So are you going again this next semester? Are you already underway? I'm going to be um, online for, I don't know, in the future, but I'm enrolled for the next semester, yeah, to be distanced. What classes are you going to take? One of them is, it's another law-based class where it's just like conflicts in law, <laughs> you know, kind of where it's just like people doing good things based through like the judicial system and being lawyers or judges or whatever. And um, I think another one is women feminists, women feminisms. And I think I had to take another CSP. I was only taking three, I'm only taking three um, classes this semester because my college classes, I guess, actually did end up going through. So I'm like, I technically like a semester ahead, I guess. I don't really know how it works. But I have a few I have a few classes under my belt, so I'm taking a lighter load. So I'm only taking one more class and it's on it's on um technology actually. It's like on how it's affecting us and it being such a new thing and human just how we are and how we act and how we react to it and just how we're all feeling about it. A lot of the CSP classes is just like talking <laughs> about like what it's about. So it's a lot of just like conversations. Which is nice. Uh -huh. Well, that's what education is, and a lot to a large extent is a conversation about subjects, you know. So yeah, it, it exactly. makes sense to me. It's, that... It can get really difficult. Like it feels a lot like high school sometimes, just because like no one wants to talk. Everyone's really tired and upset, and like not in the greatest mood. So teachers are really prying out stuff from students that would it would never really be like that in a normal classroom in that school like that's just not how it is but because no one has the energy to really talk about I don't know stuff especially because it's like it's less of like a conversation about what we're learning about and like it's definitely different from the year before because they have to slow it down and make it different because of COVID and you can't get all the same materials and do the same thing so there's definitely like a lull in the energy and like participation in the classes um so there's it can be hard to have full ongoing conversations also just because it's hard on zoom <laughs> it's fair yeah I, I i actually really dislike zoom i mean a lot of radio has shifted over to being zoom interviews and stuff and well i mean it's better than nothing for sure it's better it's kind of like old cell phones i mean the sound quality is like ugh, i really don't like it and all yeah. the, the artifacts and stuff that keep popping up. What are you calling it? CPS classes? The conversation? CSP. CSP. They're, they're cultural. Oh, gosh. What are they called? They're cultural something seminar. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember what it's called, but it's. So last semester, it was on. What was the thing on chaos? Yeah, I was on Emerging from Chaos. Emerging from Chaos. And I remember talking to you about it, and we had a good conversation about it. And it seemed like, yeah, okay, all we have to do mm -hmm. is emerge from the chaos of coronavirus. And 
it seems like there's more chaos that we need to emerge from now. It's like, I would say the, the plate of chaos is more full than it was a year ago, even or eight months ago, even though COVID seems like, let's talk about COVID first. So how has that affected you or your family and the, your community? How, just in general, what would you say about Um, I mean, as like a 17, I'm almost 18, but as like a, a young adult, COVID, I mean, stuff has messed me up a little bit just because of my entire plans for a whole year now have gone non-existent and I've kind of just had to exist. I think for younger people that are like, trying to get their stuff going in their life. COVID is definitely a bit more difficult than for older people who are already just settled and have to stay inside. But like, I've like in my mind, like I have stuff to do. Like I just wasted like a whole year. <laughs> like I, like, it's just difficult to see like a lot of time go by and not be able to do a lot of stuff with your time just because a lot of stuff just shut down and school is not happening and it is what it is. But in terms of like health and, like money and all those things. COVID really hasn't affected us that negatively. We've been relatively fine. None of us have really gotten sick. No one close to us has gotten sick or passed away or anything like that, which I'm very thankful for. I'm glad that the only real negative aspect is just institutionally and socially, it's just difficult to get out there. And my sister, she's a junior too, and she has to, she goes to Leighton Bow. So like, like, it's still closed down, same thing. It's just... It's just waiting, and it's just the worst age to be sitting and waiting for something that you have no idea when it's going to end, and no one seems to be taking it very seriously, and you're not of the age for anyone to take you very seriously, and so you just have to sit and watch all these old people make mistakes, <laughs> so that's what I've been doing. <laughs> and that's what we're good at. I know that you're a very politically aware person, and you're going to work as a lawyer when you get older. And so you're going to really be part of that system. So yeah, that's a plan, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it could become something else. You could become a singer. Who knows? But you're probably going to end up in yeah. politics Keep the options or open. law. And so, can you describe how the whole election fracas and and now the uh, attempted coup? How that all looks to you from your standpoint? Yeah. I mean, I don't think my standpoint is necessarily super um, unique. But, I mean, in general, the whole election nonsense and how Trump has reacted in response and other Trump supporters, I think it's just, I think generally politics has gotten very, like, Democrats, Republicans, very two opposite sides and it's a very two-party system. That was what I was looking for, which makes it very difficult to actually come up with opinions and views based off of, you know, like morals or beliefs or like what is best and more so to just go with what goes with your side, which causes a lot of issues. And I think that Trump in general doesn't necessarily even represent the Republican side just based off of how absurd he is as a person. I do think he represents people in the U.S. that are also as crazy as him. I don't think that his mindset is... I don't also don't think his mindset is unique in itself. Um, and I think that the reason why he's been as popular and has gotten as much power as he has is because there are people who support him. And I don't think that we can, I don't think that we can just look at him as the main issue and not realize that he is just feeding all of the other people that agree with him. 
and the whole the whole coup, the thing in the capital, the whole break in situation. Um, I mean, I just think it looks embarrassing to be brutally honest. I don't know what else to like aside from like like I, I would obviously I'm obviously upset at the fact that it happened, but it's just embarrassing to just show like especially like not even as an American point of view, just like anyone looking from any other country at what America does or how we're doing over here. Like, it's just rough. Like, it's really embarrassing. <laughs> That's the only word I can come up with right now. Because of social media, like there's so many videos of like how police officers responded and like, yes, one police officer got killed, which is such a strange paradoxical thing in my mind to have occurred that just makes me question a lot of things also like plenty of police officers were super tight with people and like helped them get in and like the main reason why they even got as far as they did in the first place was because they weren't viewed as that kind of threat where they weren't and they were not on opposite sides completely in my mindset they still sympathized with them because they were just upset white people and i think that had those have been a different group of people obviously they wouldn't have made it that far and a lot more people would have died um but yeah, I think it's just really frustrating to see, I guess, just like how much white people can get away with sometimes at the base of it. And also just how weak the general center of our government is and what the what are we actually doing there the whole time, you know? And I think that our officials should start lifting more as well. So do you sense that this is actually something that's going to blow over as Biden comes into being president or, you know, I mean, when there's been revolutions in the past, I imagine that a lot of people felt like, well, this is going to blow over pretty soon. And, and then they found themselves in the civil war. This is speculation completely, but do you feel like we're, this was like an exercise or a beginning Um, I mean, to be brutally honest, I think when, when comparing the, so like a new civil war to now, I think that a lot of people don't, I think a lot of people have a lot to lose. Like we have a lot, we find a lot of comfort in what we know exists. And even though a lot of us are struggling and having issues and difficulty with things, I find it difficult for like, honestly, a large group of people to actually get the energy to get up and do something. I think that what occurred was an event and maybe it will be a landmark for what this point in history is or what it represents, but I'm not sure it re really represents the beginning, I suppose. But with, with Joe in the, in the White House, I think that things will remain very stagnant. And so I think that nothing really crazy will go down. I think that we'll return not necessarily to normal but it'll just be like we'll be pulled like the reins a little bit and then something else will happen again and then it'll get pulled back but i don't view joe in himself as a revolutionary president doing crazy stuff i think that he's still really slow to the punch on a lot of just basic things that need to be done he's still like an old white dude at the end of the day um and i still have a lot of issues with both him and kamala harris even though i do prefer him over trump obviously right um but yeah, I think that things will stay very stagnant and brutal honesty. Neither of them seem to be people to shake stuff up that much. 
you mentioned a return to normalcy. And I mean, you know, it, it seemed like we got beyond that just with the COVID thing. And do you see a way out of the chaos that we're in right now? I really, honestly, thinking about it makes me super anxious because it's tough. It's awful. I honestly don't. <laughs> I think. Um, not, I don't. I don't know. I guess it's just not something that I want to spend tons of time determining because I think it makes me relatively sad. But um, yeah, I just don't rely on our our leaders actually doing a good job <laughs> anymore. Like, I mean, I never really like had full like blind trust, but I really don't like even just. It's just difficult for me to think that things will move sl- like smoothly anytime in the future, and I don't want to spend any energy worrying about it i guess yeah so you're basically a happy person i'm very very okay i'm very very okay excellent excellent i want to hear that that's all for this month's edition of you speaks out label healthy start coalition's drug-free communities project is proud to support this month's you speaks out our Environmental Prevention Strategies in the Community, also known as EPIC, is a project founded by the Office of National Drug Control Policy. Through our organization and coalition, we are working towards reducing youth substance abuse through a variety of strategies in the Laytonville community. If you are interested in learning more about our efforts, please contact Laytonville Healthy Start at 707-984-8089 or email JAMA at jama at laytonville.org. You Speak Out is produced and directed by Dan Roberts, who may be reached at mail at P.O. Box 1162, Willits, California, 95490, or through the website www.youspeaksout.net. There you can find out more information about the project, get addresses for contacting us, get a copy of a show, and listen to many hours of previous programs and streaming and downloadable audio. Views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of the radio station. They are the views of those who express them. You Speaks Out is free to be rebroadcasted upon notification. Our shows are posted monthly on our website, youspeaksout.net. And you can find our podcast link there or on iTunes. Thanks for listening. That was the new You Speaks Out. Remember that you can listen to scores of our shows at our website, youthspeaksout.net. I'll remind you that the shortwave report will follow NPR tonight at 6 p.m. Rhythm Running River will be back in three weeks. That's February 7th at 3 p.m. You can always listen to programs here on KZYX for two weeks after broadcast by going to kzyx.org and finding the jukebox link. I'm your host, Dan Roberts. Stay grounded, stay healthy, and pass that light around. See ya. Holy, holy.